Do you like aliens, UFOs, cryptids, and the supernatural? What about self-defecating humor? Uh, actually, it's self-deprecating humor. Well, you may both be right. Alien Theorist Theorizing is a comedy podcast that examines cases like Roswell, Bigfoot, or the Atacama Alien. If any of these topics pique your interest, subscribe to Alien Theorist Theorizing free anywhere you find podcasts or go to alientheorists.com. Hey, everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. More gun violence this week. Where do we go from here? We also discuss the latest in the Republican sweepstakes on 2024 and take a trip to CPAC in Hungary. Alex, where should we start? Well, I, I, look, obviously, we, we have to start with the tragedy in Uvalde. It, it's been a few days. Uh, reactions from all the usual suspects are pretty much what you think they'd be. But my question for you, and, and don't want to minimize the tragedy, but what is a successful path forward for Democrats to, to finally do something about this? There, there isn't one. With the, you know, the Senate, the way it's made up now, there's literally, uh, I mean, what, what, there's no way to successfully, I think, get anything meaningfully done, right? On the other hand, you know, making sure that we clearly say Republicans are the Problem here is Norm Orenstein is you know is written about he wrote that literally a decade ago that it's time to say the Republicans are the problem here well they are the problem and they're you're not going to get any votes out of them uh, for anything no I mean common sense whether it's you know er everything from you know universal background checks to uh, you know eliminate any you know the the uh, gun show loopholes and other things. They're not even there on that stuff, which 90% of the American people are for. So I, I think the key here is to put the bill on the floor and let them vote against it uh, and do it now. Don't wait for three weeks for this to subside. Do it right now. Put a bill on the floor. Put three different quick bills on the floor, one to eliminate gun show loopholes and, and institute universal uh, background checks to ban uh, assault uh, AR-15, you know, and other assault style uh, weapons. And, you know, and, and, you know, it put them on the floor, let the uh, make it clear that the Republicans are the problem. Certainly, there will be a few Democrats who may vote against the, these things as well, uh, which sort of gets the point. You know, it's is there even a majority, let alone a filibuster proof 60, which we know there are not. So I, I just think it's about demonstrating that there's a choice. That's how you do get, I mean, Craig Sargent did write this uh, and made the point that said, Democrats should tell voters clearly that if they deliver two more Democratic senators, they'll suspend the filibuster and pass new gun safety measures. Tell voters that they have recourse and be specific about it. You know, that, that's an interesting point, but I think it's premature it doesn't this that's a process argument that no one right now understands clearly you know there's not a whole lot of time here to give the american people or enough of them the civics lesson of why right. the 50-50 senate isn't going to be able to pass anything so i think you, what i would put an addendum on what greg sargent said i would have again three very specific limited common sense gun reforms 
put them on the floor one by one, watch them go down because they they don't get a single Republican vote, and then make the case to the American people that you have to elect more Democrats, not two more, not three more, but elect more Democrats to the Senate and the House uh, if you really want to take this problem on because the Republicans are just, you know, in lockstep with the NRA and the gun lobby. And you look at the numbers, the amount of money they've taken, these, you know, the leadership and others have taken uh, from the gun lobby. They're not going to bend on this. They're just going to, they're going to like always count on the attention span of the American people lasting for a few weeks after uh, this tragedy. And they'll sort of, you know, smoke screen and duck. And, and the stupidest argument I've seen, this, 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 hey, what we need to do, the way to keep your children safe is we need to make sure teachers have are armed in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, that's like, think about this for a second, anybody out there, I don't care what party you're in, that, yeah, we're gonna have somebody, let's, let's make, okay, the teacher has a Glock, great. Well, unless they got an AR-15 or two and body armor, they're facing, they're likely to be facing somebody with body armor and an AR-15. They're not, it, the, the, the cops, did, you know, took an hour to, to take this guy out. <laughs> but, but a teacher with a handgun, yeah, that'll work. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anybody who, who's ever, who's a gun owner, uh, a hunter um, has handled a gun, knows that's insane. That, I mean, gun owners themselves, guns, understand gun safety, know that is an insane proposition to give the teachers being armed would make the schools, would protect their children from, from these monsters. They're out of their, that's crazy talk. So you mentioned three specific limited bills, which is going to be my next question was how broad they should go. And that makes sense. But who do you think there's the right person to get the ball rolling here? No, I mean, look, I think they, they should be just the two or three things that have been, you know, that the American people are there on clearly. I mean, you know, they're there on background checks. They're all they're there on, you know, on on uh, uh, assault weapons ban. There, there are a number there. I'm not trying to pick which ones, but do three, two or three very limited they're not broad no one's interested in taking anyone's guns away what what we want to do is take steps it's uh uh i think uh david hogue uh said this right you know it's time for republic you know, to get everybody to stop talking about what we can't agree on with when it comes to guns and find where we can agree on gun reform and the American people are there on on several different items, like the two that are that I think are clear are gun show loopholes uh, and, and assault weapons. And look, we've had an assault weapons ban before. You know, Clinton signed it. It was around for a, a long time, and then Republicans didn't renew it. Uh, that's how it lapsed. That's why now there's 15 million AR-15s or assault weapons in the United States, 15 million people. That's crazy. So I don't know if you saw it, but some of the Republican reactions. No, I saw someone say the other day, Iowa, the Iowa legislature was debating 
uh, a bill to allow deer hunting with AR-15s. Like, yeah, what you want is a bunch of people walking around hunting deer with AR-15s. Uh, if we think there's a lot of accidental deer hunting accidents with guns now, wait till you unleash that. I mean, this is like literally uh, it's gone into the rabbit hole uh, of where the GOP is right now on this issue. Well, and, and you saw what Herschel Rockwalker's response was, who, again, kind of illustrates that point of it's really a pretty clear candidate choice. I think he said the best the best way to handle school shootings is to, quote, create a department that can look at young men that's looking at women that's looking at social media, which, Joe, if you can translate that for me, uh, give you a hundred bucks because I have no idea what the hell he just said. Uh, hey, this is a guy who could be the, the next senator from Georgia. He and uh, Tommy Tumberville, it'll be, well, they'll be out competing each other for, for who could say the dumbest stuff. Uh, but I don't think so. I mean, I think this is, that's sort of to the point of why something I've been saying for a long time that I still think we are going to do better in these races than people think, because I think right. it's, you know, he's, he's, they keep nominating or look to be nominating these loons and he's one of them that got the nomination. And I think uh, Warnock has a, a much better chance now because Herschel Walker is their nominee and because he says dumb things like that that make no sense. But, you know, <laughs> that may not matter with some of these people. Do you think there's, in terms of who should be the right kind of leading voice on this, do you think there's one person or a group of people either in the Senate or out? that should be the ones getting the ball rolling on this? Like, is this a Biden thing? Is this a Beto thing? Does it matter? Uh, I, I mean, I think that, no, I don't really think it matters. I think the, what it, it's, it, Democrats, you know, can't say, well, there's nothing we can do. We can't get it passed. So therefore we're not going to put a bill through. No, 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 no. Put the damn bill on the floor. If the Republicans filibuster it, it, yeah, and they'll be like, oh, stop the filibuster. Right. Well, the votes won't be there to, to, to get rid of the filibuster. Uh, that's another, like, just understand the freaking math, people. That's not going, it's not in the cards. So put the damn bill on the floor. Let the Republicans filibuster and try to stop. What they're trying to stop a vote on background checks. <laughs> okay. But demonstrate that. They're, they're stopping a vote to ban assault weapons. Make them continue to stop it because they're the know-nothing, do-nothing party, right? Uh, and, and demonstrate it. Uh, I think it's not about who says, you know, what out there right now. It's to do it. Put it on the floor. Take the vote. And then, like I said, then what Greg Sargent uh, is, was saying makes sense to me. I think. If, if you don't do that and you just go out and say, hey, everybody, elect a couple more Democratic senators if you want to want something done about this. I just think it's not it's that's a process argument that most people will not understand unless they've clearly seen repeatedly. And I would keep doing it, by the way, not just on guns, but on, you know, just go down the, the, the uh, you know, on issue after issue that they don't want to deal with or have no agenda for they you know mcconnell we're not going to tell you what we want to do if we could get the senate back until uh, after we're elected screw that 
put the votes all the every on the floor. Yes, demonstration votes if that's what people want to call them. Yeah, put them on the floor and demonstrate what these people are trying to stop. Um, and that's what uh, same thing with voting rights and you know just keep pounding on it. They're the ones that are stopping all this stuff. So the last thing I want to get to on this is the idea or the argument that if if rules were reversed, Republicans would go to change Senate rules in a heartbeat to to get what they want and essentially just just totally change it to something they could control. Does it does it feel like that argument still holds water here? No, if, if the rules were reversed, the reality is, I'm sure. Uh, that they wouldn't have the 50 votes, either, the 60 votes or whatever to change anything either. Could they get to a, with Pence sitting there uh, breaking ties, could they, you know, under the same, you know, reverse the numbers here? You know, uh, I, I don't know uh, if, you know, maybe they could get a couple Democratic votes to go with them to, to do it, but to break the filibuster, I don't think Manchin would do that. That's what I'm saying. I just don't know how they, how they, uh, could, you know, even they, uh, yeah, would they if they could? Of course. Will McConnell throw out the filibuster the second it serves him and the and his majority to take power and seize it? Of course he will. It, the The problem still is, is even for them. I don't think the votes are there on either side where you could put those numbers together. Not to to change the filibuster, that wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to, I don't think you'd be able to get Manchin to move over to vote for that. And I don't know that they could hold all 50 of their votes to do it either. Although they're more likely to be able to pull that off, would would they be able to? And I'm not even sure the uh, uh, the vice president gets to break that tie. I, I've got to think through the the procedure on that, but I'm not sure. I think that's, a, I, I'm not sure that uh, the vice president gets to break that tie. I'd, I'd, I'd look at that. Sorry, I don't have that answer for you folks out there, but uh, uh, we'll look at it. Maybe Alex can Google it while we're talking. So, Joe, let's move on to what seems like just the latest edition of ridiculous Republican infighting. But it really wasn't a great week for Trump or Trump endorsed candidates. Obviously, big losses in Georgia. And uh, Mike Pence is, is really trying hard to cut the cord here. Uh, look, I think it was a, a, a great night for Trump uh, and a, a lousy night for Trump endorsed candidates. He wins either way on these things. Yes, uh, Kemp uh, beat the Trump endorsed candidate, Purdue, you know, beat him by, you know, 50 ish points. There's so many points. But here's the problem you got to remember how uh, they lost the two Senate seats, right? Trump telling everybody, don't vote, it was rigged. Uh, you know, your votes don't count. Well, how's Brian Kemp win the general without Trump's support and telling and Trump telling all the his MAGA folks to make who voted for Purdue to do it, to vote? So guess now who has to my guess is you're gonna see a little problem for Kemp. Trump wins either way. Either his endorsed candidate wins, or the guy who defeats his endorsed candidate candidate who defeats that uh, his this endorsement. Is in the general. No, or no. Still has to get him. If if those folks don't turn out in Georgia, Kemp loses, and that's just Trump saying something, right? So that's not good. You you you've got to know that Trump knows he he has. It's what I've said all along. 
he's either the Republican Party are now just made up of hostage takers led by the chief hostage taker, Donald Trump, or hostages. And Kemp just became a hostage uh, because he can't win without Trump and the Trumpist voters in his state. And if Donald Trump decides to uh, go south on him, um, then I don't think uh, I don't think uh, Brian Kemp wins. So it's now what's Trump going to demand? Not uh, if, if it's going to happen. No, it's going to happen. Trump is going to get a pound of flesh from Kemp um, before he now comes around and says, oh, by the way, I'm now for Brian Kemp for re-election. So what do you think about the, the rematch, Kemp versus Abrams, too? Uh, look, I, I think it's this is going to be a uh, the midterm is always about who votes. Uh, I think that we, we know that the ability to turn out voters uh, in Georgia on the Democratic side is is good. Uh, I mean, is you know, and basically a lot of that's because of probably 10 best years. in the country, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of that's because of of you know, ten years of hard work on the ground by Stacey Abrams and so many others in the state. So I think that's there. That's what I'm saying. The real question here is, can a party, the Republican Party, having had this Trumpist you know, civil war, Pence on one side, uh, Trump on the other, uh, Camp versus Purdue, uh, a clear split, yes, the Kemp side uh, got, you know, a, 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 a big chunk. But where do those Purdue voters go? I don't, I'm not saying any of them are going to vote for Stacey Abrams, but are they really excited about uh, coming out for, for Kemp, who didn't right. help steal the election for their hero? That's where I think this is where this is headed is, is can Kemp get these, you know, that, that's why he's such a hostage to Trump right now, because his, he, his winability actually and its ability to turn those people out has a hell of a lot more to do with what Trump does now, frankly, than what, than what he could do, what Brian Trump Kemp says. So there was one tweet I saw that was something like, the results in Georgia confirm what many Republicans say privately. The hardcore stop the steal vote is somewhere around 30, 35% of the, elect, the GOP electorate. You can't win a primary on that alone. What do you think of that? That's bullshit. You know, it's like one of these things, it's like 30%. You start in a primary with 30% of the vote. You can't win. Yes. Okay. Well, first of all, how many people are in the race? If eight people are in the race, I guarantee you 30%, 28% will win the, will win the, that thing. Yeah. You might, in some of these States there, but they may have a 30% runoff rule. Uh, But that's not, you know, so in a, uh, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense to me to say that. That's like saying, well, African American voters are, are are only you know eighteen percent in a state, and you, you know getting ninety five percent of them isn't good enough, uh, isn't enough to win a, pr- a primary. Well, yeah, but that says, well, you're not going to win a single other vote from any other. I mean, that's crazy right. talk. Somebody can win 
uh, particularly if you have Trump's endorsement, you can win um, a bunch of those voters. And then you, you still have, uh, you, you, there's still people who are going to get another five, maybe 10 points of some, you know, from, from elsewhere in the party and win this thing. Um, and so I just think that's like, you know, not a very smart way to think about it. You go back, look at uh, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, where, uh, look, yeah, if the whole Trump crazy contingent were all in one place, uh, Oz or Barnett might have, uh, uh, you know, maybe the, the race between Oz and McCormick wouldn't be so close because he'd have, I'm sure Oz would have gotten more of those Barnett uh, people who were also, even though Oz was endorsed by Trump. That's what I'm saying. How do you, how do you look at that uh, and that result and say, well, no, 30 percent's not enough. Okay, what do you get, 31 and got the nomination or, you know, something like that? No, I mean, I think it's grasping at straws completely. So we should talk just very briefly about what's been going on in Pence land this week. I mean, I, actually, I think it was uh, our friend Jonathan Martin who should have broken it on the pod last week. Yeah, I know. I can't see yeah, Like he could have he could have just, you know, done us a solid and just dropped a little bit of, of something on the that, pod. You know, but, yeah. Pence. Pence might be considering or is very heavily considering a 2024 boy, run. Boy, boy, and is that like that just would have been shocking news, don't you think? I mean, like to drop it on the pod, because there's no one out there, I'm sure, that they would they would just be astonished to hear that that, that, that you know that that Pence is actually considering running for president in 2024. People, you you heard it here second. I love it. And did you see who Trump's considering as his Pence replacement? Uh, our friend from Northern New York. Yeah, 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 Stefanik. Yeah, that's uh, well. It makes total sense. Uh, I, I mean, you know, could, here she, you know, you you pick the poster child of doubling down on uh, on replacement theory messaging. Uh, she's it. Uh, you know, why not? Why not uh, pick her uh, and, and make her. You're you're uh, you're running mate. You know, Sarah you Palin think, Sarah Palin too. What do you think the the profile of a Mike Pence voter is? I mean, are there any? I mean, because in theory, right, it's the somewhat moderate old school Republican who believes that the Trump has went too far, but didn't they all get pushed out of the party? I think these are all the people who do not want to hang Mike Pence. That's his his coalition. Uh it's because it's now clear, you know, uh, I think the other thing that, that uh, the Times broke was that uh, Trump apparently reacted positively to the hang Mike Pence chance on on January oh, 6th. And um, uh, no, but seriously, like, I don't know. Uh, again, if you look at like you look at Pennsylvania, you'd have to say. Uh, looking at that Senate primary, that Pence might be able to win the McCormick vote, right? You, you know, I don't think he would win the Dr. Oz vote or the Barnett vote. So, uh, uh, you know, so what does that look like? Is this uh, in Pennsylvania? It would have been like a, I don't know, sixty-seven, maybe thirty. Uh, and I, I, I don't know that he would win. You know, even half of the McCormick vote. So. That's what I'm saying. You go down to the same thing, by the way, in Georgia. I don't think Kemp, I, I don't think uh, 
Pence would replicate Kemp's vote there. Uh, I think I think that's a totally different race. And so I, I just think, you know, I, I, I think, is there a vote for, for a, a Mike Pence candidacy? Uh, yeah. Is it enough today um, to, to actually be a force in the party? I don't think so. I, I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. There's like, I mean, literally decades in political time between now and the 2024 election. Um, so, I mean, God's, you know, is Trump indicted? I don't, you know, God knows all that stuff. There's a bunch, a whole bunch of things that can happen between now and then. I'm not sure Pence uh, benefits from any of it, but we'll see. So, Joe, you mentioned in the intro, don't want to leave without talking very briefly about the completely insane field trip that some of the uh, MAGA part, more MAGA parts of the administration over. Joe, don't want to leave without talking about the completely insane field trip that some of the more MAGA parts of the Republican Party, or basically all of them, took this week to, I believe, the, the well-known bastion of American conservatism, Hungary. Yeah, it was CPAC's adventure this time. They took it overseas to Hungary, where strongman Victor Orban, who was a keynote speaker at their event, I tweeted about this. He's openly rejected democracy at this conference. He called for the right in the US to join forces with those like him. And then the next day, yesterday, he declared martial law in his country. Welcome to the future. Welcome to the, the new, because you can't call it conservative, whatever the new movement is, the, you know, the Trumpist faction of the party that's got it, that, that owns the party now. Uh, that's how off the rails it's gone. It's just amazing. You know, uh, Heather, by the way, if you haven't read, uh, I think when I tweeted this today, it was a Heather Cox Richardson's uh, uh, Letters from an American blog. Uh, if you, uh, we'll put it in the show notes because I really think people should read it. Uh, she had another uh, good post uh, this week on the idea that the decline of the Soviet Union, we just kind of assumed that capitalism and liberal democracy went hand in hand, but that's not the case. What she wrote was, at home where our focus on free markets has stacked our political system in favor of the Republicans, the vast majority of Americans want reasonable gun laws, reproductive rights, action on climate change, equality before the law, infrastructure funding, and so on. And their representatives are unable to get those things done. Capitalism, it seems, is also trumping democracy here at home. So the one thing about CPAC, Joe, it, it feels like it kind of got buried. I mean, no one's been talking about it because of what happened with Roe and gun control. Is it just possible that like the average voter just doesn't care anymore? Well, no, like you said, I think it was muted and wiped out, smoked out. Uh, you know, there was no no coverage of it at all, really. Uh, I don't think anybody really knows uh, what happened again? This is another one of the failures, I think, of the press in terms of how they cover things. I, I understand they have other things that are important to cover. Gun, you know, the the you know Texas massacre uh, uh, and other things. But how do you how do you 
just ignore that the leading one of the leading conservative political action arms uh, of the right, uh, you know, the Republican coalition actually went to a country with martial law. Yeah. And where, you know, the the leader of the country you know, has given a clinic on how to successfully install an authoritarian regime, control the media, control the courts, and then control elections. How do you have them go there, say the things that they said on that stage at that podium and not report it and not make sure every American it has at least that information, a modicum of it, that hasn't happened. Um, and so, yeah, no, I think it's, uh, you know, did the tree, did the tree fell in the woods and no one heard it? You know, what happened? Did it happen? No, this didn't happen. No one heard about it. Uh, except it maybe if you listen to this show, uh, uh, follow Lincoln Project, or a member of the union, and there are a whole bunch of other people that are out there trying to get this information to people. And the, the Democratic Party, again, I just think hasn't done a good job of exposing this stuff repeatedly. I mean, to the point where it's a mantra of just how crazy over the rails the Republican Party has gone. I was on a, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the, uh, the things that's starting to happen is when you're starting to see how people, uh, perceive the two parties. Uh, what's happening now, you know, when you look at those big, you know, word cloud bubbles, is the Republicans are now really starting to be seen. The word extreme comes up repeatedly now, big in that in that word cloud uh, about Republicans. The word that comes out the most now with Democrats is weak, and I do think that's because we aren't being tough enough and uh uh and and, and taking it putting putting the bills on the floor make being tough making them vote it down taking it to them repeatedly not it looks like we're giving up if we're, oh we're not going to put a bill on the floor we're weak we're giving up we shouldn't do that we should do put the bills on the floor uh, make the case repeatedly to the American people, strongly to them, and which is something I think the Lincoln Project guys get. That's one of the reasons I joined them, is they get that that tough kind of fight that you have to take, uh, or in this environment, or you're going to look weak. And I think that's where uh, Democrats are making a big mistake right now. So, Joe, I think that's as good a point as any to end on. We're just about out of time today. Uh, thanks, Alex, and thanks, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. Hope everyone has a great holiday weekend. We'll be back next week. And, of course, please subscribe to That Trippy Show and leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. You could always send us a question to thattrippyshow at gmail.com or leave us a question in the review on iTunes. Have a great weekend, everyone. <laughs>